Wake Up the Echoes, the official show of the Fighting Irish, presented by TireAct.com, is also brought to you by Coca-Cola, Gatorade, and Under Armour. Welcome to Wake Up the Echoes, presented by TireAct.com. I'm your host, Tony Simeone, and this is episode 10, but it's our first men's basketball episode of the season. We gave Marcus Freeman the week off. He'll be back next week for his 10th and final episode. But this week, we're talking to the new head basketball coach, Micah Shrewsbury. We also had a chance on this episode to talk to freshman guard Marcus Burton. Notre Dame got a huge win in their debut under Micah Shrewsbury, and the freshman Marcus Burton set a new school record for freshmen in their debut by scoring 29 points. It was a great environment in Purcell Pavilion. You'll get a chance to hear from him and what made that night so special for a local guy playing in South Bend for the first time at Notre Dame. We also talked to associate head coach Kyle Getter, who spent the last few years at Virginia. He's transitioned here to be an associate head coach under Micah Shrewsbury. Great conversation with him, and he was uh, sitting down with Marcus Burton as well during that conversation. Finally, we talked to Eric Atkins. You'll remember him from about a decade ago when he played with Notre Dame as a guard. He's really seen every part of the basketball industry at college and the professional level. He's recently moved back to take a job with the University of Notre Dame, so we had a chance to cover why he returned and what he's seen since his playing days here in South Bend. Great conversations with everyone. It was great to sit down with the new men's head basketball coach, Micah Shrewsbury, and let's get to our conversation with him. Okay, here we go. This is Wake Up the Echoes, episode 10, but it's our first men's basketball episode, and I've got Micah Shrewsbury here. Coach, welcome to your show. Is I, My first question for you is, do you listen to any other podcasts? Are you a podcast guy? Uh, I am a podcast guy. Okay. I'm also a basketball coach, so all of my podcasts are probably the same, um, okay. but I do listen to, to, to some podcasts. What are the Hoops podcasts you listen to then? We can give them a plug. I... I uh, I'm a big fan of the old man and the three. J.J. Redick. J.J. Redick is it's my the favorite one. all-time basketball player. Yeah, that's yeah. the one I listen to the most because he has really good guests on it. You know, they're talking strategy, they're talking mm-hmm. basketball, but he adds some some fun to it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I learn a lot from that one. So you want to listen to someone talk about like single, double, floppy horns, how we're getting into our stuff? Okay, got it. Well, we can do that throughout the, throughout the year because I do want to talk some big time X's and O's with you because yeah. I can tell you're a you're a junkie. But let's talk just big picture. Now that you're here, we get to talk before each basketball game on the radio, but we have a different audience here. So let's just dial it back to you're in South Bend. You've got the Notre Dame job. You're two games into the year, but what has it been like to be patrolling the sidelines, be in it with this team and in front of these crowds? Nerve wracking. <laughs> <laughs> Nerve wracking. Um... I think for for everybody that that is watching, and this is, you guys can help me in this way. Uh, anybody that's watching, you can help me in this way. When you see me on the officials, that means I'm I'm too wound up. Okay, right. And like normally, like when I'm not wound up in a ball of nerves, I'm just coaching the game, and I don't even talk to the officials. I don't even notice that they're out there, um, but. These first two games, like I've wanted, I wanted to do so well. I wanted our team to do well. Um, I knew how good these opponents were. No matter like what the names say, like we've played two good teams, yeah. two really good coaches with two great game plans, and I knew it going in. So I knew how tough of a challenge it would be for our guys who are so young, 
Um, so I've just been a ball of nerves for two games. <laughs> so I haven't watched you coach a ton before this year. So what you're telling me is you're not normally walking across midcourt to get at the officials before you go back to the huddle for a timeout? That's not every game kind of thing for you? No, maybe occasionally. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> you said walking across the court. Now, I do spend the majority of the game on the court and outside of the coach's box. I hope no one – that is officiating or anybody involved in the ACC officiating is listening to this. Yeah. But <laughs> I spend just as much time on the court as I do on the sidelines. But I try to get my point across mm-hmm. to the officials and then and then let it go. Let's talk about the first two games. We are going to talk to Marcus Burton later in the show, local guy, amazing performance in the first game. To, to beat any record that LaFonso Ellis has at this school is incredible. And in talking with you and Coach Getter, you know, you talk to a freshman, sometimes – they just, I mean, he says all the right things, but even he probably can't know how impactful and how impressive that performance was. He's used to dropping 30, 40, 50 in high school. From your vantage point, how incredible was that first performance from a freshman? Yeah, it's like he downplays just because you, you don't know what you don't know, mm-hmm. right? That's that's going to be in the record books for a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I would be, I don't know, Fonz's freshman year, but the numbers for that is, yeah. is 20 plus years right yeah and well, even yeah. way more than that probably 30 years i think it's i think it's 35 years okay yeah so like marcus has no idea of how special that was and how how hard it was mm-hmm. to do um but to see it and and like you know like you said he's at the top of everybody's game plan as a freshman uh, but to do it against a defense that's designed to stop him um, was really special, really special to see and watch. And, um, you know, I talked about being a ball of nerves because I wanted to do so well. Like, think about being a hometown kid, man, and in, in your first game at home. Um, you know, he wanted to do well also, and, yeah. and, and he did. We talked after the Western Carolina game, which was game two and a loss, and I remember looking at the just even the roster breakdown going into that game, and I thought these are the kind of opponents that are going to just be tough for you guys because they had so many seniors, graduates, and you guys are just – you're younger, you're all new guys. What was the thing in that game you're hoping to build off of and learn from because you're going to run up against some veteran teams throughout the year? Yeah, you are. I, You know, when you go back and watch, right, it's, it's hard right in the moment, right? That's one of the best things I learned from, from Brad Stevens is um, in the moment, that first time you go back into the locker room, you haven't watched the film. Hmm. So you can't really, like, go in there and, and – rant and rave about what you didn't do. And then you watch it, it was like, man, we actually did do that really well, right? So you try and be as calm as you can in those moments and tell them, like, we'll learn from film and, and we'll watch it and we'll get better from there. We really guarded them. They scored 71 points. Um, we fouled late and they got free throws at the end. It took, you know, guys out of character. So Will Bryce, the preseason <clears throat> player of the year in the league, he went five for 20. Mm-hmm. Right, we sent him the free throw line too many times, but he was five for twenty from the field. Jackson's their leading scorer went one for eleven from the field. I thought our game plan and how we defended was really good. I thought our offense let us down, mm-hmm. and that's where we'll get back to the drawing board. Um, we got to play better. We got to make each other better, mm-hmm. and we haven't been able to do that in the first two games. We haven't made each other better. We've had nineteen assists in two games. Right. Like, we should be approaching 19-1. and one. Mm-hmm. As a coach, when that's your takeaway, though, that you were 
pretty good on the defensive end, and you just have to work on some stuff on the offensive end. Would you prefer it that way as opposed to the inverse, that you're not guarding, but you're getting stuff easier, or does it not matter to you? you I mean, you got to be good on both sides, but is there a difference in those two outcomes? Yeah, I I think we're really good at what we're emphasizing right now. Okay. You know, we've emphasized the defensive end. Sure. It's, it's given us a chance to win in two games. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we have to be better. We have to find a, a way to be better offensively without letting our foot off the gas on the defensive end, right? So if we don't focus, uh, we, we shift focus a little bit mm-hmm. and we work on offense for a couple of days – now our defense can't be terrible the next game out. Right. We have to continue guarding with that same effort and now put in a better effort on the offensive end and now put a game together where we're doing a little bit of both. You mentioned Brad Stevens. He's, of course, a name everyone's familiar with in basketball, whether it's at the collegiate or pro ranks. What is something that you've taken from him that you've carried into your head coaching career? Like, What's the impact he had on you, and is there a certain trait? You mentioned what you do in the locker room, maybe try to focus on certain things before you've seen the film. Just what was his impact, and what do you try to carry into your career from him? I think um, a lot of things, right? Like He and I are really similar in our approaches mm-hmm. to the game. Um, you know, and, and that, you know, I guess that happens when you're together for a really long time, you know, 10 years on staff. Uh, so... Our approaches are really similar. I, I think our emphasis on defense is very similar. And then our offensive philosophies, I think, are, are pretty similar. So how we play the game is like a direct correlation of the things that we did together. So okay. that's where I, I say a lot of the similarities are. Um, and then some things, you know, off the court kind of things that, that are a little bit different. Um, but, you know, I, I take a lot from him. Mm-hmm. I learn a lot from him. Um, and, and he is – he's always the first call. Okay. Good or bad, yeah. right? Like, you know, you, you lose a game and, you know, that that's my first call is like he's calling me hmm. to talk about it. Yeah. And, and um, you know, you don't get that much, right? Like you get billions of texts. Like when you, when you beat somebody, when you win mm-hmm. – Nobody texts you or calls you when you lose. Like, it's the loneliest feeling in the world as a coach because no one talks to you. Mm-hmm. No one sends you a text, nothing. Really? And Brad used to always tell our players that you know who really is in your corner is who texts you after a loss. Huh. That's a great one. I never thought of it that way. Uh, this is a little bit off the wall, but because we're on the topic, can you believe that Gordon Hayward's shot did not go in? Yeah, it's it was a, about as online as could be. Um, that so the play before that doesn't get talked about as much. We had now the bounds under uh, underneath our basket. We tried to get it in to run the play. Had to call a timeout. Came back to a different play, and Gordon drove it right and shot a pull up. Now he was a left-hand driver, mm-hmm. and when he drove left and shot those pull-ups, they were money. Mm-hmm. But either way, he was really good. But he drove right and shot, shot a pull-up over Zubak that I thought was good, and, you know, we were getting a stop in the last possession. That was happening. Yeah, He misses it, we foul, and then he gets the half-court shot. But that shot looked like it was going in. I stood up, and the angle that I looked, I was like, wait a second, that's got a real chance of going in right here. I can't believe it missed. I was actually rewatching it the other day because I thought you were on staff when I was getting ready for the Greg Paulus matchup, and he was gone the year before. 
but there's a great like the fourth angle on the video I watched. It's it's you just looking at it, and it looks like you think it's going in. You walk out, and you just can't you can't believe it didn't go in. And I also think, and I grew up a Duke fan, so I was rooting for Duke in that game. But I can't. To me, that's one of the biggest coaching blunders. Coach K had him miss that free throw on purpose, and you got to go up by three, right? You can't let that come down to a half court heave, right? He's yeah. an all time great coach, but I think that was a mistake, right? It's you know, it's hard to. It's hard to question the guy that says the most wins ever. Here I'm and doing it. Yeah. I have zero wins. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And, and uh, myself here. I'm a third-year head coach, and I'm, like, scratching the 30s, and, like, this dude's got, you know, 700-something. But uh, it's tough. Like, in that moment, he probably felt like if we have to rebound it there, it's harder for us to get the ball all the way down to the other end of the court. Yeah. If they make it, then we at least can take it out and set something up, right? And he coached so the Christian Leitner pass, so he knows you can yeah, throw it. Yeah, so, so like I think his experience of let's take our chances of them having to go full court off the dribble more than them taking it out because everybody has a play for – you know, it might not work. Right, but they have but everybody has a play for yeah. that, throw it deep, catch it, make a play there. Nobody works on the miss to the full court. You know, yeah. luckily our guys sprung into action. Matt Howard sets it's a screen play. at half court. Gordon just drives it, but it's a scramble situation right. that you have to try and make something special happen. I'm excited to talk all these scenarios with you throughout the year because I can just tell you you don't forget anything and you've got it. Like you said, you've got to play for everything. You probably do have the free throw miss play somewhere in your back <laughs> pocket, is my guess. Uh, I want to ask you this before we go. Away from hoops, do you have a hobby? Do you have a, something that is non-basketball you like to do to get away from hoops? What's the thing that comes to mind? Not a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> there, you know, four kids, there's a lot of activities okay. that, that happen. So, um, you know, trying trying to make sure that I, that I get to see as much as I can with them. Uh, but then outside of that, like I'm a, I'm a TV watcher. Like okay. I'll, I'll watch um, – I watch different reality shows like that. That's that's some some a way for me to kind of zone out a little bit is I watch some different reality shows. Can we list off a couple or what are at the top? Of yeah. The list? Uh, yeah. Number one for me is the challenge. Oh, now you're talking my language. Number one is the challenge. And and like I'm in I'm in old school, like back when it was real world road rules. Challenge. Yeah. yeah. Like, like I've been Adam. Oh, I've been watching guys. it since way back then. Yeah. So now that it's even like. On CBS, and then when it's on uh, MTV, like yeah, I watch all of those. Yeah. I, I'll tape them, and then that's usually what I do before games. You watch the challenge before games. I do my, I get my game sheets done before shoot around, so I have everything finished that I need to get finished. Then we go to shoot around. I do my interview, which is the best part of my day. Yes, thank my you. interview thank with you, you right after the shoot around. Yeah, yeah. I grab. I grab some pregame meal, go back to the office, and I eat, and I lay on my couch, and I and I watch parts of an episode of the challenge. You, will you go back? Like you watch old challenge episodes? No, no, no. You're whatever's whatever, current. Whatever's current. Okay. Whatever's current. I'll tape it. I don't watch it during the week because I know I'm going to watch it on game days. <laughs> this is amazing. This is great insight. I cannot believe this. This is awesome. We used to have a challenge viewing party. It kind of went away during COVID. We will now have to think about getting it back, and we will have you there leading the charge. Although I guess that could ruin your cadence before. It would ruin my cadence. I might be a little bit behind. um, Okay. And and I try to stay as current as I can. So sometimes if, you know, I'll watch it because I don't get to watch the whole thing because I only have a short amount of time. But I'll kind of zone out for about 30 minutes and watch it 
But then there's the rest of the episode left. So I'm like, do I wait until the next game or do I watch this at another point in time? So yeah. that's always like, what do I do? Like, wow. what do we, how, how do we, how do we go about this? I'm looking forward to then touching base with you on the challenge throughout the year <laughs> and then hearing about what other uh, shows you've got. Th- this is great. Coach, I'm looking forward to the next nine shows with you. Looking forward to watching your team grow. Thanks for joining me for episode 10 of this show and number one of your show. And we'll take a quick break. Appreciate it. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm your game day face paint, and you just rubbed me right into your eye. Now your vision is super irritated. So is that driver you just hit. And if you have cut rate car insurance, these damages will rob you blind. So switch to Allstate. Save $468 and get better protected from mayhem like me. National average annual savings of new auto customers surveyed in 2022 who switched to Allstate. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Hey, Fighting Irish fans. We love that you're hanging out with us for this episode of Wake Up the Echoes presented by TireRack.com. TireRack.com has been revolutionizing tire buying since 1979, so you know they've got their game plan down. Ask their team of experts or help yourself using their extensive playbook. Test results, consumer reviews, and a tire decision guide make buying a new set of tires as easy as a layup. Get the right tires to tackle whatever comes next at TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. All right, this is our coldest moment of the week segment. It's presented by Yeti, so we still got the head coach, Micah Shrewsbury, here. We have Marcus Burton. Pretty cold moment in his debut, Coach. We're going to hear about it a little bit later from Coach Getter as well, but from your vantage point, first time coaching this team on the sidelines, when you see the freshman go for 29 points, just what went through your head? It was uh, it was actually a pretty funny moment because I was texting with Lafonso Ellis that morning and looking through the game notes, and I saw the, the freshman debuts um, in Notre Dame history. And I remember watching Chris Thomas. I, I've, I was at home watching that and watching that on TV. Uh, but I didn't know that, that Fonz had the record. And I was like, Fonz, that'd be pretty cool if, if one of these freshmen uh, broke your record tonight. And he got it done. And he got it done. <laughs> he did. He did. We, we got through singing the alma mater. Mm-hmm. And I turned. And that was the first. He was the first person I looked for. Wow. And I, I made eye contact with him, and I pointed to him, and I was like, "He broke your record." <laughs> <laughs> Did you? And you had no idea, right, until the end? No, nah, I had no idea. Like, okay. I, like when I went in the locker room, everybody was yelling. I'm like, "What y'all yelling for?" <laughs> like I, I get we won, but I was like, "All right, we won." And then Coach Shoes was talking to us, and he was he started looking at me. I'm like, "Did I do something wrong?" <laughs> then he told me, I was like, ah, "Dang, that's that's pretty cool." And then I seen Fonz, and he just gave me a big old hug. That's awesome, coldest moment. I was talking to Coach Getter before. You averaged, what, like 30 points a game in high, your senior year? Yeah, I averaged 32. So 29 was under your average then last yeah, year. Was. So you, 29 is just a walk in the park for you, right? <laughs> yeah. What was. was the most points you scored last year as a senior? Uh, Probably 50. 50? Yeah. Okay, so so 29 is But this is different, right? So what what's the biggest difference now that you've played a couple games at this level? Because 29 here is tougher than probably yeah. 29 in high school. Like, what's the toughest part about the adjustment you've had to make? Uh, Just the players are just way much better, like – you also got to realize, like, you're playing with a shot clock. You're playing with better defenders. You're playing with players that's been in college longer than I have. Like, I'm only 18, 19. These players are, like, 20, 20, 20 and up. Like, you can get some 23, 24 yeah, yeah. Yeah, so later like, in the year, too. Like, yeah. yeah, so, like, they, they've they been here before. Right. So, I mean, like, scoring 29 in my debut was it's pretty cool because, like, that's that's way higher than a freshman supposed to score. Yeah, game. and now, now you know you can do it, right? 
as yeah, well to yeah, help. Yeah, yeah. Coach, what's the toughest thing about when you get a freshman on campus? I didn't even think about this because I played high school ball with no shot clock. When there's no shot clock, do you have to coach the fact that we have a 30-second timer? How does that transition work in your eyes when you try to get a freshman acclimated to it? Yeah, there, I mean, there's a lot of things, right? But that's that's a part of it. Mm-hmm. You, you have to you have to be able to play at a faster pace um, because you're going to be up against the clock some. Um, so you got to get to stuff quicker, Yeah. right? You got to start quicker. You're also and you know, we're in Indiana. Marcus played in Indiana. There's really good high school coaches here. Uh, but the guys at the college level are really good. And, you know, he's at the top of the scouting report even as a freshman. Uh, so the game plans that he's going to see, the focus that he's going to see, mm-hmm. um, is going to be a lot different at the college level. Yeah. right? And that, that's an adjustment as well. And it's different from night to night. Yeah. So you have to kind of adjust on the fly. And, uh, you know, it, it's been it's been good for him so far. But – it's going to continue to be a challenge, but I know he's up for it. Do you think there should be a shot clock in high school basketball, or are you okay with no shot clock? I, I would like to see it. Yeah. Um, it helps. I think it helps It helps those kids transition to college, right? There, there are so many guys that want to go on and play college and have the ability to play in college at all levels, right? Like there's, I've coached at the Division three and played Division three. NAIA, I've, I've coached that. Like Division two, I've coached that. Division one. There's shot clocks at all levels, mm-hmm. uh, so you have to learn to play with it. And if they did it at the high school level, then um, I think it helps them adjust a little bit. Yeah. What do you think, Marcus? Would you have preferred to have a shot clock? Yeah, especially down here in Indiana because you got a lot of teams that just pass the ball and just hold it. They try to win the game in the 30s, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just how it is down here, though. But I feel like if it was a shot clock in Indiana, it would be, it'd be much better. So you put up 50 without a shot clock? Yeah. That, and the quarters are what? The quarters are uh, eight minutes. Eight, eight, minutes. eight, eight minutes. minutes. Yeah. How do you? What was the final score in that fifty-point game? Uh, we had like we had like eighty, and the other team had like forty something. So how do you get eighty points in a thirty-two-minute game, Coach? I mean, that's that is wild. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't know who he played <laughs> to get to that. Yeah, keep him anonymous. If, don't, don't I, I, I'm gonna tell you one thing. If if he was playing against me. He wouldn't get that many possessions, right? <laughs> I'd be holding the ball just like everybody else would, right? You play with the rules, sir. Yeah. Right? There's no shot clock. That I'm not going to allow him to just be free and get yeah. a bunch of shots up. I'm going to hold the ball, too. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Marcus, what, uh, I want to ask you about the freshman class because it's been fun to watch, and we'll talk about it later, Coach, or we'll talk about it earlier when you hear it in the show. A lot of freshmen are getting a chance to play. What's it been like to come in with this group? How have you guys gelled here in your first few months on campus? Uh, man, I, I love those guys. Like me, Logan, and Braden. We we've been knowing each other for a little while because mm-hmm. we all played Indiana League together. And Carrie, Carrie's Carrie's is gonna be Carrie. Like Carrie's Carrie's a funny guy, and like we everybody loves Carrie. <laughs> and it's just like when we play together, we all click because this is like this is all what we talk about. Like when we're here in the summer, we all we're always in the gym together. We're always shooting together. So I feel like it's gonna be real special once we once we get it going a little bit more. But yeah. It's been real fun to play with these guys. I know it was in a loss the other day, but he had a pretty good performance in that second game against Western Carolina. Did you know Kerry was capable of what he did in game two? Nah, I know I know Kerry. Kerry's like you. You look at Kerry, you'd be like, "What is it? What is Ayer doing?" And then he, you Kerry, he might dunk on you because he's just like, you never know. But like Kerry, Kerry's a really good player, and like I think it it showed a lot of people in the Western Carolina game because he was like. That's just that's who he is. That's yeah. that's who he is at practice. 
He makes big time shots, and he did in the Western Carolina in the show. You ever see his dad play? You ever seen footage? No, nah, I've never seen his dad play. <laughs> so I grew up in Seattle. Calvin Booth, I mean, he was in the middle. He was making things happen. You saw his dad play, yeah, right? He was a good player, wasn't he? He was a good player. Mm-hmm. And Kerry is completely different than his dad. <laughs> right? That's his dad was a true center. Well, yeah, from a, yeah. You know, back to the basket, um, scored around the post, was like a shot blocker at the rim where Kerry's more of a perimeter guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he's a perimeter threat. I, I think the other night he was making threes, but he was attacking closeouts, driving to the basket. He's a good passer. Mm-hmm. So, like, his skills are, are so much different than his dad. But his dad was a good player. You don't mm-hmm. play in the NBA for, for as long as he did without being a really good player. I wanted to ask you about this area, Coach. You have a guy next to you that played locally. We were talking earlier about Blake, who played here, Demetrius Jackson. And I got the sense in the gym in the opener, and really both games, but I definitely felt it in the opener. Like there was just an extra buzz because Marcus is here, a local guy playing for his team. And you've been in the area before. You grew up in the state. So, like, what does it mean to have someone like Marcus on campus being such a important piece of this team this season? I think for us it's big because, you know, and and he may not recognize it, he may recognize it, mm-hmm. but it gives young kids a chance to kind of dream, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, the, the kids that are in South Bend and Mishawaka and they see Marcus and what he's doing and, and they say, man, I can do this at home as well. Right. I, I got to do everything possible to become as good of a player as he is, um, to become as good of a person, student, everything else that that's needed to, to get here to Notre Dame. But it allows young kids to dream and do it and see it. Now they've seen him. They've seen Jr. They've seen Demetrius Blake like staying home is pretty cool. Yeah. And you get a chance to do it at a big time place um, right in front of your family and friends. You said, Marcus, that it was Demetrius for you watching him grow up. What's it like now to be starting to begin the other side of that, where you're going to have kids watching you that come to the game? I assume you maybe even saw some of them the last couple of days. Like, what's that been like to be on the other side of that coin? Uh, I think I think it's I think it's real cool. But I mean, if I was a uh, if I was to see somebody, I would probably tell them just be yourself and just have fun and work. Because if I did it, then they probably could do it too. Yeah, I ask Coach Freeman this whenever we have him on. Uh, with the football show, and it's just about the player to his left and what excites him about their future at Notre Dame. And usually it's actually uh, an older guy who's getting ready to maybe go off to mm-hmm. play professionally or start his career after football. you got a guy here that's in his first season, only two games in, but what excites you about Marcus's future at Notre Dame? I think for me, um, the first thing like that, that I think about is just the passion that he brings to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the level of work from there. Like he talked about, you know, the the four freshmen that we have and how much they're in the gym working. And they're pushing each other to all be really good. Mm -hmm. And what that's doing is it's setting the foundation for this program and what it's going to be, right? So these four guys are doing it. And not because coaches are telling them to, it's because they want to be really good players. And Marcus is is a leader in that way. He wants to be a really good player. Uh, But then – you know, as the, the freshman class or the guys that we just signed come in next year as freshmen, they see these guys in the gym working like that, and they think that's what we're supposed to do. Right. Right. Now the culture has already been laid. The foundation's already been laid. Um, and then we just build off of that from there. So having a chance that, like, I know um, being around it, like our system is sometimes a little trickier to, to pick up and get. Mm-hmm. Right. 
but I've seen huge jumps from year one to year two. Mm. Um, but I've never seen what year three looks like. <laughs> and I can't wait it. for that, right? I'm looking forward for tomorrow. <laughs> but, like, from year one to year two where these guys are going to be, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. And then from year two to year three, year three to year four, like um, – it's going to be fun, man. Sit sit back and watch. Like, it, you know, at some point in time, these guys are going to be, be able to run practice for me. I tell you, I'm, I tell them all the time, like, I want to sit back at the game and get a popcorn and a Dr. Pepper and just watch them work. <laughs> and hopefully that will happen soon. How difficult are the practices under Coach Shrewsbury? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. The first the first time I was here, I was I was contemplating life. Like I called my mom after and I was like, "Yo, I don't know if I could do this for real." <laughs> you called your mom? Yeah, I did actually. And then I was like, she told me she was like, "You here now. You got to stay." I was like, "All right. Thanks, mom." <laughs> what about what makes them so hard? It's just like you got you got to be it's got to be on your game. Mm-hmm. Can't don't mess nothing up though. Okay. Don't mess Good up. to know. If I ever have to suit him up at a practice, of very, his. very detailed in, <laughs> okay. in what we do, and uh, you know, detail and discipline. All right. It's what it takes to be good. All right. right. <laughs> I, the coach Painter, he always used to talk about this and say it: the more discipline you have, the more fun you have. Hmm. Okay. Right? The That's more discipline we are, the more fun we're going to be able to have. <laughs> but we got to get there first. All right. We'll take a break. We'll get coach out of here. We'll bring coach Getter in. And we're back with the action. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever? That's right, Jim. With an irresistible taste and zero sugar, Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any sports fan. So make sure you... Wait, Jim, I didn't mean try it right now. We're still on the air. Mmm. Best Coke ever? Take a taste, Jen. Really? No, not right now, Jen. We got a game to call. Hey, it's Tony Simeone, the voice of Notre Dame Athletics. Have you saved enough for retirement? Howard Bailey Financial is the official wealth management partner of Notre Dame Athletics, and they have a free resource that you can download right now. Get insight on taxes, social security, income planning, and much more by visiting retirewithpurpose.com echo. That's retirewithpurpose.com echo. Notre Dame Athletics was compensated for this endorsement and is not a current client of Howard Bailey. For more information, visit howardbailey.com slash disclosure. We know you like football. So do we. We're TireRack.com, and this is our version of a two-minute drill, except it's only 30 seconds. TireRack.com has an enormous selection of tires. Not sure which ones to buy? Use our tire decision guide to find the right tires for your vehicle and the way you drive. Then get them shipped fast and free on all orders over $50. Shipping is in as little as one day. Free. TireRack.com ships to independent, recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Touchdown! All right. We're joined by Marcus Burton, Kyle Getter. This is our first basketball show. Let's start with what we were just talking about. I always ask these guys when they come on the show about dining halls. So we'll start with an icebreaker about dining halls. Marcus, you said you're a North guy, right? Yeah. Why do you like North? Uh, I wouldn't say I like I like North. I've been to South too, but I mean the food is pretty much the same, honestly. So but just, the I, layout at North is better, isn't it? Yeah, the layout at North is way better. But I mean South South is it's kind of closer to me too. So I mean, mm. so you're trying to split, have it both ways. Yeah, like. I split it both ways. Okay, Coach, you said you like North more or South? I would lean more towards North. Although okay. I, I, you know, 
I mean, I'm waiting on that invite from Marcus. I mean, he hasn't invited <laughs> wow. me to lunch. Been knowing this dude for the whole fall semester. What are you doing? Going Why did you invite the guy? Uh huh. I don't know yet. I I don't usually when I usually go to lunch. I don't usually go to a dining hall. It's kind of just like mm. if I want cereal or something, I go. Oh, so you're a breakfast dining hall guy? Yeah, breakfast. Ah, oh, okay. I think you gotta get 29 points in your debut to go to lunch with Marcus. That's it. <laughs> you ever have 29 in a game? No, never maybe been. maybe in a season, not not <laughs> no, not a game. So let's go to the 29 point game, Marcus. We'll start with you there. Uh, what was that like? First time playing Notre Dame. I know it's been a long time coming to come out here to play the way you did. How did it feel? Uh, it was great. It was real good atmosphere. I mean, when I when I was playing on, I, I really wasn't thinking about anything. I was just kind of having fun. Mm-hmm. I'm worrying about just winning. And when when they came up, they told me in the locker room. I was like, oh, I didn't even know. <laughs> I was just I was out there just just scoring buckets and just having fun with my teammates. Did you know Lafonso prior to this? Have you met him before? Yeah, I knew I knew Fonzo prior to this because we we had some we had similar conversations about mm-hmm. just coming to Notre Dame playing and what he expects or what he sees I can do at Notre Dame. So I mean, I've I've been knowing him for a little minute now. Yeah. When, when you saw him after the game, did it, did it put it in perspective to what you'd accomplished in that first game? Oh uh, yeah, they did. Uh, when I was in the locker room, they kind of like. <laughs> Coach Shrews kind of broke it down to me and told me, I was like, oh, I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. And, like, when Fonz told me, he was he was real pr- proud of me. He was happy. Coach, I, you know, I hear him talking about it. I get the sense, like, the older guys, the guys that have been through it, coaches can sense how impressive 29 points in your debut is. From your standpoint, what did he do so well in that game? What what stood out to you? Well, I just think he's a natural scorer, hmm. um, you know, and being with his quickness and his size and being able to get to his pull-up and score in a variety of ways and just – his aggressiveness just puts a lot of pressure on the defense. But I think he, I mean, he's more than a scorer. Yeah. You know, he's also a great facilitator, but I think his ability to score kind of allows his teammates to to get other opportunities. But um, I knew once a few of those baskets went in for him that uh, there were going to be a few more. And, uh, you know, it was just it was really cool just to sit back and watch. And what a uh, awesome debut, you know, for a local hometown yeah guy to do it at um you know in his first college game is is cool to watch what have you thought about the last few years marcus as you made the decision to come here like to play at notre dame why did you want to come to notre dame why did you when there was a coaching change decide to stay at notre dame what was going through your head and, and how exciting was it to get here and finally play uh coming to notre dame it was it was like a, it was a dream come true like mm. i've watched games before i watched demetrius jackson when he was here before and it was kind of like like I want to go to that school, and it was also like in my hometown too, so it was kind of like, kind of no brainer. But when the coaching change happened, I was kind of scared a little bit because I didn't I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. But when Coach Shrews got the job, he had to sit down with me. He told me like, this this would be a good good idea, a good fit for you just to stay and play for me. And I was, yeah. when he told me that, I kind of just got on board and I stayed, and it's been it's been really good so far. And can wait for a bit more. You mentioned Demetrius. Did you? Uh, was he your guy growing up then in the local area? Yeah, he was. I, I watched a lot of Demetrius Jackson games here yeah. when uh, he was at Notre Dame. I also went to a couple of his high school games when I was younger too. Okay, I got a question for you then. We had a question get submitted last week: all-time Notre Dame starting five. So I'm gonna ask you both guys, both of you guys. Doesn't it be all-time? But guys that you followed here, give me like okay. your five favorite guys, and then Coach, I'm gonna come to you after this and think about the five guys when you were at Virginia. They were mm-hmm. the toughest to prepare for. Uh, so give me the give me at least three to start. Try to rattle off the guys you thought were the best you saw when you played here. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with my guy Blake Wesley. Uh huh. Gets a good one. Uh, I'm gonna go with Demetrius Jackson. Okay. Uh, Jeremy Grant. Yep. All good. All good answers. And... We were just talking about Mooney before. 
Mooney could step out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Mooney. And, maybe uh, Mooney. BJ Beecham, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Beecham was pretty nice. He was. He was real good. Yeah. It was another one. Pat Connaughton. Connaughton. Okay. Go. NBA guy. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Coach? Who, who were the toughest guys you guys prepared for when you are at Virginia? Well, um, that's a great question. You know, I mean, there's been a lot. But, you know, John Mooney, you yeah. mentioned Mooney. I mean, uh, we actually named one of the actions Mooney, the Mooney action, <laughs> because they ran that little play for him. And he, you know, he uh, kind of got to a spot off the block. Um, he was really hard to to prepare for. Uh, Nate Lashevsky, mm-hmm. Dane Goodwin, um, you know, Paul Atkinson yeah. was really good. And, and, you know, Marcus mentioned Blake. I mean, I tell you what, I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, he was so hard to defend. We would try to kind of corral him in the, as a ball handler in, that, mm-hmm. in the ball screen actions. And he was a, a lead at splitting the ball screen, making decisions. And, um, you know, I, he he's probably up there maybe at the top in yeah. terms of preparing for guys. I wanted to actually ask you about <clears throat> Blake and Marcus, just because they're both exciting freshmen that played locally. And I watched Blake two years ago, and now I see Marcus. So there's a lot of similarities on the surface. But then I watch them play, and they look totally different. They're both guys that can handle the ball and get to the rim and shoot, but it seems different to me. What are the distinctions between Blake and Marcus when you watch them play? Well, I think um, they're both great teammates. Hmm. I think that's um, you know that's something they definitely have in common. Um, you know, I think just being around Marcus in the short time here, um, you can see the guys. Um, we talked about his 29-point performance. I think the guys were more excited about it than maybe he was. He was just kind of like, ah, this ain't no big deal, you know, because he scored so many points yeah. in high school. You know, 29, that's probably like a, a 12-point game for, for a guy like me. Um, but, you know, I think their differences, you know, it's it's hard to say. You know, I think Marcus is a three-level scorer, so is Blake. Um, you know, their ability to get to their pull-up. Blake was probably got to the rim more than Marcus, where Marcus maybe relies a little more on his – on his pull-up, yeah. Um, but both, you know, capable three-point shooters, both really good at changing direction. Yeah. Um, and you know, I just they both put so much pressure on the defense. I mean, I just I just remember after that playing Blake Wesley here, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm glad we only played him once. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What? Who have you modeled your game after growing up? Whether it's guys in the league, guys you watched, who who do you try to model your game after? Is there somebody that comes to mind? Uh, I really I wouldn't say like I model my game after anyone. Okay. I mean, I have a lot of favorite players. Who were your guys growing up then? Uh, probably like Dam- Damian Lillard, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Paul, young Chris Paul, mm-hmm. and young Chris Paul, young yeah, Chris. You're Paul. talking New Orleans, Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah, 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 that Chris Paul, and like maybe a little bit of AI too. AI. So yeah. now, okay, when were you born? I was born in 2004. So. Did you even watch AI like live growing up? Like, cause it was maybe like Nuggets AI when you were. Yeah, I watched right? I watched a few games when he's on Nuggets, but like. But you're talking like 2006ers. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean AI 2006ers. That's about as good as it gets for oh, a guard, no right, doubt. coach? No doubt. Who are your Who are your guards you watched growing up that you liked? Oh man, um, so I'm a lot older than Marcus. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so I'm older than Marcus yeah, too. We can talk man, about. Man, I tell you what, I loved Chris Mullen. Oh. I loved watching Chris Mullen. Yeah, uh, he was, uh, you know. Guy that's probably not talked about as much, but you know that left-handed shooter, um, a guy like him. And then who doesn't like Larry Bird? Ooh, you know, especially uh, sticking in the region too with that. Yes, <laughs> yes, um, yeah. Those are two guys I, you know, that mm-hmm. stuck out to me. And then we won't get into the MJ LeBron, you know, oh. debate now. But uh, you know, just watching Michael Jordan, John Paxson is from my hometown, from mm. Dayton, Ohio. So with that Notre Dame tie, watching the Bulls make that run, it was. Um, 
they'd have to be up there as well. We don't have to dive into it, but you're going LeBron over MJ. Is that what I'm picking up here? Nah. Oh, you're MJ over LeBron? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's good. We got some young guys that got their head on their shoulders. That's, That's good. right. Uh, another thing I wanted to ask that may- maybe makes us feel old here. I was talking to football guys last week, and we were talking, who it was Rico Flores, and it was Jadarian Price. So they're about your age, maybe a year older. And uh, we were talking about M1 mixtape. Yeah. You, you're an M1 mixtape guy, or are you too young for that? Nah, I, re- I remember. Okay. Like Who's your M1 mixtape guy then? Uh, probably the Hot Sauce. Hot Sauce. Yeah. Professor. Escalade. Escalade. Yeah, I'm going that Escalade. Is a good I'm one. going Escalade. Yeah, Escalade. Do you remember when they were on the bus and it was like professors trying to make it and it was Escalade that I think went to bat for him and yeah. gave him the jersey at the end, right? Those were like some of the best TV shows of my childhood. Were you watching those growing up? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're a hoop junkie like yeah. like we are, you're watching. That, that's why I'm not surprised Marcus knows about that. Oh, man. Hot sauce. That guy. That guy was pretty good. Hot sauce. Yeah. Do you have any hot sauce moves in your bag or no? Nah, nah. Keep, keep, it simple. keep it simple. It's a carry, right? Every time. With yeah, one of those guys. Sure. Let's talk a little bit about the season. It's only two games in. I'm curious just from, because we got a freshman here who's playing his first college season, and I'll start with you, Marcus. Just now that you're here, you've gotten a couple games under your belt. What are you looking forward to most about playing this season out with Notre Dame? you got the coaching staff in place. you got your teammates. What excites you about this year? Oh, uh, Just going out and competing with my teammates. Hmm. Just, just having fun. Just winning and winning games and seeing the enjoyment on my teammates' face when they do great things and just just living li- living it because this, this was a dream come true to me. So, I mean, I'm here now, and it's just like it still doesn't feel real. I kind of just feel like I'm just out here just playing another high school game but with bigger players and better players. But, honestly, it's just it's real fun. That's a good one. That's a good answer. Coach, what about you? You've been around the group now. You've gotten to campus, and I know there's been a lot of change in the summer, but it feels like the group is in place and everyone's – in a good spot. What are you excited for in your first trip here? Uh, I'm excited for the growth. Hmm. Um, you know, being being here, inheriting you know four players off last year's team, and just having so many new pieces. I'm really looking forward to watching this team grow throughout the year. And um, you know, there's going to be hills and valleys and uh, all in between. But I just I've been real impressed with how our young guys have just bought in. All the new guys really have bought in and just um, to the process mm-hmm. of, um, and I think the future's bright for us and, you know, certainly glad that Marcus decided to stick with us. What's the one place you're most excited to play this year, Marcus? Miami. Miami? Yeah. Why is that? I've never been in Miami before. Okay. So just the weather or yeah. just the whole city? I feel like just, well, I feel like the weather and the whole city would uh-huh. be just good, good vibe. Okay. Where's the toughest place difference where, where are you well I can I can give you the toughest place but also where are you most excited to have this team get a chance to play this year well that's a great question um I can tell you for me it's going to be uh special going back to Virginia Figured I out. think that'll be um that'll be a unique experience for me just haven't been there for five years but um you know I think these guys being able to play at Carolina being able to play at Duke um being able to play at Virginia Tech when they're playing inner Sandman and that place is, you know, is shaken. <laughs> um, it'll be, it'll be all, all good experiences. Um, each place is interesting. Each place in the ACC has kind of its little unique um, vibe, you know, with, with their venues. Um, but these guys, it'll be a, a great learning experience for these guys, especially being young. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys both stopping by. We're going to let Coach get out of here, and we'll take a quick break. All right. Thanks, thanks. so much. Thank you. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. 
take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog, because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Bank like the Irish when you become a member of Credit Union One, the official banking partner of Notre Dame Athletics. Open a Fighting Irish checking account to get special perks and choose from one of eight exclusive Notre Dame debit card designs so you can show your pride every time you pay. Plus, with the Credit Union One branch located just steps from campus at 1140 East Howard Street and CU One's highly rated mobile app, it's never been more convenient to bank on your schedule. Find out more at creditunionthenumberone.org slash Irish. Federally insured by NCU. All right, very special guest this week. It's our first men's basketball show, so we went deep into the archives and got a former Notre Dame men's basketball player, Eric Atkins. Welcome to Wake Up the Echoes. And thank you, thank you. Excited to be here. <laughs> so you're back in town. I uh, I didn't realize until recently that you were working for the university mm-hmm. in development. Why don't you explain to those that are maybe not familiar with how the department works? Yeah just what your new role is at the university and what brought you back. Yep. So I'm working on a athletics advancement team and um, uh, I get to work with families all across uh, America that want to push the Notre Dame mission forward. And um, it's a really, really cool uh, role. And I just started about a month ago. So excited to get going. What brought you back? Like you were doing a lot of different stuff in basketball, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you were with Howard at one point. You were here at one point. Just talk me through your career and then what ultimately led you to, I guess, move from basketball into more of a Notre Dame-centric role as you came back. Yeah. Yeah, I've been uh, coaching for the last seven years. Yeah. Um, a couple different stops. And I was with Pat Connaughton actually last year. That's right. Um, with the Milwaukee Bucks G League team. So I got to uh, – I stayed with Pat a few times last year. Um, but – uh the opportunity to, to come back here was one I just couldn't pass up. Uh, they reached out to me about about a position, and uh, I jumped on it right away. It didn't it didn't take me too long. Um, this this place is special to my heart. Let's talk a little bit about this team because new coach, mm-hmm. uh, so far one and one. I think really good in the opener, and then they learned a few things in the second game. But it's obviously a young group, and you've seen all kinds of teams. You played on all kinds of teams. Just two games in, what are your impressions, and what have you seen the first games under Micah Shrewsbury? Yeah. Um, what I've seen is a team that, and I've watched them practice a ton as well, okay. uh, uh, a team that's going to grow a lot over this year. Mm-hmm. Um, very young group, um, but the way they play, they play, they, they play, um, I love their offense, the way that they, you know, get into different sets really quickly. Uh, I think Coach Shrewsbury does a great job on, on defense. I think they're going to be one of the better defensive teams as they grow and, and, and get to see more teams play and different things like that. Um, especially with this coaching staff, I think mm-hmm. I think they're amazing. Especially with the way that they prepare for games. Yeah. Um, so I only think they're going to get better in time. We uh, talked to Marcus Burton earlier mm-hmm. on this episode. He's a local guy. Yep. And I saw what it was like two years ago with Blake. And you've seen all kinds of local guys come through here, and you know what it's like around here. What do you think it means when there is someone from the area playing for Notre Dame? Because the first couple of games when I was in the building, it just felt a little different. There's more people, I think, yeah. around the area. What does it mean when someone from South Bend's not just on the team, but leading them in scoring, setting records yeah. as well? I think it's a different excitement. Hmm. Um, absolutely. You know, I, I, was, I was here with Demetrius yeah. uh, for his first year. I was a senior that year. And it's a, def- it's a different energy around the town, different energy in the building. Um, it's just a ton of pride. I got a ton of messages from people in the community, wow. you know, messing me about Marcus. And uh, he's amazing, and it's, and it's only going to get better in time. 
in your new role, how do you think, because um, I've talked to a lot of people that have worked in that department that were former student athletes. And mm-hmm. I think it has to give you an advantage. What? How does that help you? I know it's early on in your role, but does that help you with messaging and communicating just the impact someone can have when they do give to Notre Dame or try to have an impact on this university? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think that being being a former student athlete, I could talk to, you know, some of the things that, you know, we go through and the areas of need um, mm-hmm. that, that are um, – that are in need. <laughs> <laughs> With the basketball team this year, you know, it's a young team. W- what's the biggest challenge going to be for them then? Because we talked about, uh, you've seen them in practice, and they're going to defend. I think, obviously, in, in my limited time around Coach Shrewsbury, you can tell they've got a plan and they've got a system and they seem keen on executing it. But I saw the team in Western Carolina, they're just so much older, so much more experienced. Yeah. Sometimes, especially early in the year, that's going to usually win out. So how does a young team make the strides they need to throughout the year, and, and what are the challenges that they're going to face you think they have to overcome over the next four months? Yeah. Um, I would say the main thing is just staying together. Okay. Um, staying together through those bumps and bruises. It's going to happen. Um, shoot, I, I remember my sophomore year, we were really young. We lost Tim Evermitis yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in that year, and the, the team became me at the point guard. Jaron was a freshman. I'm starting freshman, basically. Um <laughs> Pat started that started yeah. that year, so that was very very young team, and, and um, luckily we started later. This team is starting off the bat with you know just being really young, and yeah. they're going to grow, they're going to get better um, as long as they stay together and, and keep believing. That coaching staff is going to do a great job of putting them in the places that they need to be to eventually win some of those games. Okay, I've got a special question we're saving for you later for our from the Irish segment, so I don't want to get into that yet, but I do want to reminisce about your time here because you talked about it a little bit. I think we did a podcast like maybe in the peak of the pandemic like three years ago where we talked about the five overtime game. Yeah. So there might be people listening to this that didn't catch that. First, is that the uh, like highlight memory when you think about your time here? And if not, what is what is the the top memory of your time at Notre Dame? And then I do want to talk five overtime after I identify that. Yeah, um, that five overtime game absolutely amazing. It's not my top one. Though. Okay, what's your top one? Then? It's not my top one. My, my top one would be our first Duke game here. Mm. Um, and I think, not to brag too much, but I, think I had 19 and 11 <laughs> and a W in the first <laughs> ACC hard game to that. Um, here so to, you know, to open up our ACC, uh, you know, uh, life. So uh, that's probably my top moment there. Yeah. I was talking to Burton and uh, Coach Getter, who was mm-hmm. at Virginia, yeah. and just trying to get a sense of what they're excited about being in the ACC. He didn't, he said uh, Miami mm-hmm. was where he's most excited to go, which I was, I was surprised by that because it was, Right away, he said Miami. I kind of thought he'd say Cameron yeah. or Dean Dome or even Virginia with all the success they had. But he said Miami because he wants to check out the area, see the city. So it's uh, it was an interesting response. But if you get Duke at home, that's a good one. Five overtime game. Mm-hmm. What comes to mind when you think of that night? It was a crazy night here. First thing that comes to mind is Jaron Grant's, uh, I don't know how many points it was, in a minute 30. Yeah, something I think it was like something like also like 11 in the last – 38 seconds or something like that or maybe it's 13 in the last minute like you're talking about yeah there's a video online somewhere that shows them all it's absolutely amazing um and then the next thing i think of is him fouling in the next fouls out in the next oh like the start of the next overtime he fouls like with a minute in yeah and he's out of the game for the next five overtime that's what people actually don't remember he's not he doesn't play most of those overtime he gets us there and he's not in the game for the rest of it so didn't cooley fell out super early too or somebody fell out in i think regulation yeah yeah uh he fouled out i think in the first overtime as well Mm -hmm. and yeah i mean we didn't have two of the main guys yeah Yeah. when you think about your time here 
because now you're in this different role. And I, you said you're at practice. Maybe you talk to some of the, the players at times. But as new generation of players come through, what's a piece of advice you give to a player that's either thinking about playing at Notre Dame or is going to begin their career at Notre Dame to make sure that they utilize to maximize their time as a member of the basketball team and as a member of the university? Yeah. Um, as a basketball player, um, just kind of keep getting in those reps, stay in the gym as much as possible. Mm. Um Utilize the weight room. I think that's so huge, especially again if we have a young team. So yeah. just kind of getting stronger, um, and folk, and know that it's a process. It's a process. It's all not going to happen in uh, one month, one summer, whatever it is. Just keep working at it, grinding at it, and um, being here as as a student athlete, utilizing every all, all your resources here. Yeah. It's such a special place, and there's so many different people that you can touch, touch, and and talk to and learn from. And I think kind of getting that full experience is is what's really important. Last one before we take our break and come back with our From the Irish is just about what you see in this role. What excites you now that you're back at university in this different role? Again, it's been a couple months, but I've seen it have such an impact on this university, helping so many different teams, student-athletes, the whole operation here. What excites you most about what you're going to get to do here going forward? I would say um, I'm working in in the California region. Oh, okay. (laughs) So super, super excited to get out there. Uh, But uh, again, uh, meet, meeting and getting to know these families and then really focusing on, on the areas of need that, that our athletic program needs. And, you know, if we can if we can do that and, and make our student-athletes' life, life here better, that's that's what it's all about. So that was the correct answer, but I heard prior to that you're excited to rack up the frequent flyer miles <laughs> and get out to the sunshine when it's uh, winter time here in South Bend, Absolutely. Right? Just a little <laughs> bit. Just a little bit. All right. We'll take a break, and we'll come right back. 80-degree game days are long gone, Irish fans. It's time to start thinking about tires, winter tires. Our friends at TireRack.com, presenting sponsor of Wake Up the Echoes, have what's right for you. Headquartered just a few minutes from Notre Dame Stadium, their experts know a thing or two about driving through winter's worst. They spend months on their test track and at the Compton Family Ice Arena collecting data so you can get the tires to tackle whatever comes next. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. It's time for our From the Irish segment. It's presented by TireRack.com. We still have Eric Atkins here. Last week, Eric, I asked people to submit their all-time Notre Dame starting five. So it's a little bit of an open-ended question, right? Because starting five, I mean, the game's evolved a lot in the all-time history of Notre Dame. So I want you to start thinking about your all-time starting five. And it can be it can be a recent group. It can be an older group, whatever. But we had a couple submissions, okay? Let's start with Rick from Fairfield, Connecticut. Here's his five. And uh, this is definitely of the older generation. He went with Adrian Dantley, Bill Lambeer, John Shoemate, Mm -hmm. Kelly Trapuca, and Austin Carr. That's pretty good. Pretty good. You sign off on that, right? You don't have – that's an acceptable five. We we all have our different flavors, but that's fine, right? Okay. Absolutely. Here's a more recent one, I think. This is from Katie, and she's Carmel, Indiana. Marcus Burton. Already. (laughs) Two games in. Nice, nice. Set the record for— I'm sure he's going to live up to that, though. He will. <laughs> okay, he will. Top, we're hoping for— star- And again, starting five. So this isn't the five best. This mm-hmm. is maybe Marcus Burton fits with these other four. Okay. Troy Murphy. I like that one. Mm-hmm. Pat Connaughton. Jaron Grant. Mm-hmm. And LaFonso Ellis. So you can see there's a generational gap here and no overlap. So we had 10 different people. I think both good submissions. I will, 
I'm going to stamp an asterisk on Martin Marcus. I don't want the pressure on him. Yeah. But like you said, I think he's shown that he could certainly live up to that. As you've had a chance to think about it, where does your mind go with your all-time starting five at Notre Dame? Okay, so I'm going to start as this three position. Oh, small forward. I'm going to go with Matt Carroll. Okay. At the three. Um, I'm going to go with Bonzi Coson at the four. I like that. Um, I'm going to go with Zach August at the five. Um, I'll go with Chris Thomas at the one. Okay. And let's go Ben Hansborough at the two. Oh, the Hansborough pick. Okay. So you went really around you know, your generation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, we did not waver at all. I didn't hear Austin Carr or LaFonso. No, no, no. They have a reason to be upset. <laughs> but watch out. Bill M. B. might be lurking around here somewhere. I didn't hear Eric Atkins on any of those three teams. No, 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 no. Uh, I'm going to come off the bench and, and be able to pass <laughs> to these guys. <laughs> okay. Humble <laughs> as well. Okay. A second from the Irish question. This one is for you okay. specifically. It's from Jamal, who's from Jacksonville, Alabama. It's an interesting one, and it actually relates back to what we talked with Marcus Burton. He said, which college team in Florida did you enjoy playing against the most? Mm. So that could be ACC, but it could be a different team if you guys made it down there for something else. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's an easy answer for me, actually. It was, it was USF. Okay, why is that? USF, um, for whatever reason, we would get there a few days early, and we would really get to just enjoy the sun, um, get out, um, and enjoy the water. It was just a beautiful trip. Yeah, I, I always loved that trip. Okay, and um, you know, on top of that, we would always win. So, so less to do about the team and more about just getting out of the South Bend winter into Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's understandable. I think that's why when I was talking to Marcus, he said Miami. Yeah, I probably. think he's lived in South Bend and he knows when December rolls around, it's time to get out. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, EA, thanks for coming by. I'm gr- I'm really happy you're back on campus. Excited to see you around the team more and come around. You're always welcome to join us uh, for this segment. We can debate top fives. Right. We'll get coaching on the act at some point too, but appreciate you swinging by and uh, good luck with the new job. Thank you. I appreciate it. That does it for this week's episode of Wake Up the Echoes presented by TireRack.com. Thanks again to the head coach, Micah Shrewsbury, for making his debut appearance and looking forward to the rest of the appearances from him throughout this season. Also, thanks to Marcus Burton, the freshman guard, and associate head coach Kyle Getter, as well as Eric Atkins, for taking some time to join us this week. We'll be back next week with Marcus Freeman's final show on Wake Up the Echoes to wrap up the Wake Forest game and preview the regular season finale against Stanford the following week. Until then, Tony Simeone saying, wake up the echoes. Wake up the echoes, the official show of the Fighting Irish presented by TireRack.com is also brought to you by Coca-Cola, Gatorade, and Under Armour.